everybody, oh and God. welcome to <laughs> to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Tierney. I'm Colin. And I'm Matt. Oh. Twenty percent of listeners try. just soak their pants. I thought we could try some ASMR to calm people before we record the episode. What if we just... I'll talk normal now. Just did a whole <laughs> ASMR episode. <laughs> For <Okay>. Possessor. <laughs> Do you guys... Sometimes ASMR, like... It doesn't... Isn't it supposed to feel good? Yeah. And I don't think it does. Because a lot I, of time I'm just like, this is gross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like... Because you have a thing with, like, mouth sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of ASMR is people talking very quietly, like right into the microphone so you like hear a lot of like the mouth sounds and i could very much see that distracting you or them like (laughs) dragging their nails over a microphone and i'm just like that's a horrible sound (laughs) it's like styrofoam it's like the sound of styrofoam where you're just like i don't want to hear this anymore yeah Yeah. (laughs) something's wrong what a weird thing to have like blown up I mean, people need to get calm, you know. Sure, I, like, now more I get it. Ever. That's fine. It just seems like such a weird thing to like have come out of nowhere and now be like pretty prominent. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna say, also, and this is totally a total non sequitur. <laughs> but as we record this, Donald Trump has COVID nineteen. Yes. <laughs> as we're recording this, he is 72 hours into the diagnosis. We will see what happens by the next time we record. As of now, Donald Trump has COVID-19. That's all. Uh, so every, just to give you everyone a timestamp, too, it's October 3rd. <laughs> so let's see what October 16th rings or 20th. Or... So you, heard here, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> you definitely heard it here first. There's no way. Anyone else broke this news to you? <laughs> I'm just saying this will be a real time capsule, depending on how the next two weeks go. Yeah, when or more. When, when Matt said that, I was I was hoping that everybody who's listening would imagine that um, GIF of W. Bush on the aircraft carrier with like the mission accomplishment. <laughs> it's like <laughs> President Trump has COVID. Mission accomplished. <laughs> we did it. We did it, everyone. <laughs> he ignored. And he that racist faced. fuck is probably on oxygen right now. <laughs> Who knows what's happening when this episode gets posted? Who knows where we'll be? I just want to make it very clear that as of October 3rd at uh, 11.05 Pacific, uh, Donald Trump has COVID-19. That's all. <laughs> That's and we, never have to, we don't have to talk about it at all. Uh... Anyway, <laughs> I guess speaking of other time capsules, uh, solid the, work. The, thank you. Yeah, I'm proud uh, of you. This week's movie is Jane Eyre. Uh, the when was it released? 2011. 2000, 2011 uh, edition. This was surprise, surprise, the woman's pick of this group. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's very much a girl's movie. But I picked it because uh, Jane Eyre is one of my favorite books. 
I read it because I had to read it for school, and then I was like, this is pretty good. Um, and Isn't that fun when you like are forced to read a book and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, good on it's you, like, like American public education. <laughs> you figured it yeah. out. You like. <laughs> And I was, like, 16, and up until that point, like, didn't, like, the only, like, romance books that I would read are, like, the Georgia Nicholson books, which are all funny. They're, like, the Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. Um, So this was the first, like, romantic novel that I read and was like, this is a beautiful love story. (laughs) 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 Which is funny if you've ever read Jane Eyre. Uh, And then... (laughs) And then it, like, unlocked what, which is one of my, like, guilty pleasure genres, which is gothic romance, because they're all, like, twisted love stories. And anyway, so I picked this because it's rare for me to like a movie if I love the book. And I feel like this movie does the book, like, like, it's a pretty true adaptation, but it's, like, obviously lots are cut, but then it's, like a beautiful movie too so Mm -hmm. it's yeah so that's why i picked it because it's rare for me to like an adaptation of a book that i love i like them for books that i like anyway (laughs) that's that's me and uh how do you feel how do you feel about movie adaptations of books that you hate because like based on what you've said harry potter you should love adaptations of books that you hate what would be an example? I don't know. Have you? What's a book that you hate? That I, has been made into a movie. <laughs> it's not a terribly well, helpful exercise is, if you just start listing off books that you don't like. <laughs> a lot of I got to a point when I was like, God, probably twenty five, where I decided that if I don't like a book, I'll just stop reading it. <laughs> Good for you. Proud of you. Good for uh, proud of you, girl. So it's hard for me to think <clears throat> of a book that I don't like. The last. The last book that I read that made me make that decision, I never watched the movie because I didn't like the book. <laughs> what good point? What movie slash book? Uh, I feel like this. Uh, the I feel like this is just idle gossip now. Is it Fifty Shades of Grey? No, <laughs> I never read those actually. That's a gothic romance, I think. Uh-uh. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> Rebecca is a good movie, and they're remaking it. Oh, yeah. But the Alfred Hitchcock Rebecca is good. It's not as good as the book, but uh, that book is incredible. What's the book? What's the book? What's the book? It's called Rebecca down? by Daphne <laughs> Dumaire. You put Rebecca down? You didn't what? like Rebecca the book? No, I no, love Rebecca. We're still trying to get to the, <laughs> yeah. the book that you what's put What's the book? Down? What's the idle gossip? <laughs> Is it someone we know's book, and that's why it would be no, bad to talk about No, and there's it? no way that they care that I wasn't a fan. It just wasn't for me. A lot of people liked it, but it was the book Wild. Oh. 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 That's, that's fine. By Portland author Cheryl Strayed. That yeah. one with the hiking boots that was at yeah. every airport. I feel like you always thought something was going to happen, and nothing happened. <laughs> Like, I kept waiting I for, like, fair. a coyote to come and have, like, a something happen, and nothing ever happened. <laughs> yeah, that seems and fair. And so it just wasn't my style. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. The movie was good. Why the should you not... see the movie with Reese Witherspoon? Jesus. 
<laughs> what did he Are say? You getting, he's like, why, why should you see the movie with Reese Witherspoon? I feel like Matt's getting like a kickback on the movie Wild from four years ago. <laughs> I'm just that saying mostly that everybody is completely forgotten. <laughs> this movie exemplifies the American uh, ability to travel and and see wilderness that is right in our backyard. Did you see that movie? Am I the only one that saw that no. movie? Okay. No, I have not seen Wild. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I also am not entirely sure what it's about, but I'm assuming it's a memoir. Yeah. It is, but it like doesn't have, like most times in a memoir, there's like a theme or something happens. That sounds like that one. Yeah, okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> But then uh, some of them are more so, like reflection, like Eat, Pray, Love, I think is more like that. I've never read it. So I think it's probably more just in that vein, whereas I'm like, I like a... Like you a, like coyote incidents. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking anyway, of you things, guys can speak on Jane Eyre. <laughs> speaking yeah. of things I uh, we haven't read, I've never read Jane Eyre, nor had I seen any adaptation of the story, so... I went into this movie basically completely blind. Um, I don't know why, but I kind of expected it to be like, I don't know. Like I knew it was like a romance, right? Like that's about all I knew of it. And so did you uh, think it was going to be like a Jane Austen romance? Yeah. Like I didn't necessarily think it was going to be funny, but I definitely, (laughs) (laughs) we're coming in hot with the Jane Austen hot takes. Oh, do not like her. Which is fine. I, like, you know, whatever. The that best... could be a movie that, uh, what is the Emma? Uh, Clueless. Clueless is an adaptation of, of Emma. And yeah. that was a decent movie. I was going to say, like, my book. <laughs> <laughs> so Austin v. Bronte. What? What? Are you... Austin v. Bronte. Oh, Bronte if it's between wins. Austin. Always. Any Bronte? Any uh, of the Brontes? I don't know the one who wrote poems, really. I don't really know. I think it's Anne. The the least important Bronte. <laughs> Charlotte is, the, I think, the most successful, followed by Emily. What did Emily write? Wuthering Heights. There it is. I was like, I knew that she wrote something that I've heard of that also haven't read or watched any version of. Um, Isn't that a Kate Bush song? <sighs> so anyway. I'm retiring from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I, so I, yeah, I was kind of expecting it to be, again, not necessarily a comedy, but I wasn't expecting it to be nearly as dark as this was, uh, which was fun, but also I like the movie, this movie just kind of left me feeling meh. And I like, I, I I think it's, I don't know. I was like, so I watched it last night and I was like trying to like wrestle with my thoughts on this movie and like. I use Letterboxd to, like, keep track of movies that I watch, and they, like, you can give a rating on, like, a zero to five star scale, and I still haven't logged this movie yet, because I feel like I'm anywhere between, like, a one and a half and a three and a half, like, it's, like, I, like, some parts of this movie I really liked, and other parts of this movie I really didn't like, and I just, like, I haven't been able to, like, pinpoint what I feel about this movie, so I'm excited to see if that comes out of this conversation, um, I will say, I did think this movie was, like, was very beautiful. And I, like, I mean, like, strictly visually speaking, I don't necessarily think that the the story, or at least, like, the way the story was presented in this movie was that beautiful. Um, 
but I do think that like it was a very visually beautiful movie um and so I think at minimum I really liked like the direction of this movie um I thought it was like an extremely well directed movie um but yeah like and we can get more into this later but I (laughs) there was like zero chemistry between Mia Wasikowska and Michael Fassbender and I was just like I don't care if these people are in love or if they're not in love. I really don't give a shit. Like, sorry, T. <laughs> hey, we're all entitled to our own opinions, you know? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll chime in now. It's interesting, though, because you haven't read it. That's why I'm like, you're valid in it. Whereas, like, if having read the book, you can take more out of the performances. So but I do anyway, wanna... I interrupted Matt. Sorry. Yeah, Matt. Matt, say what you're going to say, Matt. But I do want to follow up on that tyranny at some point. Yeah, I mean, we'll have a full conversation about this movie. So will we? I thought we said this was just going to be one of the five minute episodes that we do. Yeah, Called we're Quibi. Like three we're, times do, we're, <laughs> we're doing a Quibi. <laughs> I wonder. We should do Quibbies, which are just movies that we don't have a lot to say about them, but that that we've well seen, and then we could just be <laughs> like, just like, "Yep, yeah. still a movie I've seen." <laughs> Life Aquatic, pretty good. Kind of sad. Um, anyway, Jane Eyre. I the only scene that I remember watching with you at our apartment when you were watching Jane Eyre was the scene where he's like, why did you leave the room? And she's like, because I didn't want to be around them anymore. And he's like, you're so interesting. I love you so much. And then the guy comes, or the uh, Judy Dench comes in and is like, a Mr. Mason is here to see you. I put him in the dressing room. Did I do wrong? And he's like, no, bring him to my study. And you're like, what's happening? Who are these characters? What's going on? <laughs> but the point is that they're, it's supposed to be mysterious of like who this Mason guy is. Uh which I thought was fun watching it this time and being like, oh, I remember this scene and I don't know what's going on any more than I did back then because it's so shrouded in mystery. Uh, but that's the only part of Jane Eyre that I'd seen. I know I had heard from you about the wife and I had heard about the gothic romance aspect. So I was expecting it to be pretty grim and it definitely delivered on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I, I tend to avoid this era because I just don't find it that interesting. Mm-hmm. I find, like... And I and this is also, like, my stupidity, but, like, I can never place exactly when this took place. Like, early 1800s? No. Mid-1800s? It'd be mid to late. Even... I'm trying 1800s? to think of when it was published. I think it was I published say it was in the like, mid-1800s. Yeah. I don't know. Because it also reminds me of, like, Dickens, of, like, orphans and benefactors. (laughs) It's not that old. (laughs) (laughs) They all seem the same to me. It's all about wealthy dowagers and rich-ass people who get set on fire. Uh, But I felt that way with Downton Abbey until they introduced cars, which was, like, That's like Avatar. It was, like, right after World War I. I was going to say, like, Downton is all, all takes place in the... 20th century. Downton's not that old. Yeah, but I had no idea. Oh, I thought okay. it was like 1850s. Yeah. So it was published in 1847. It's... Okay. That makes sense. And and yeah, so like in general, this era of Jane Austen, Bronte, uh, those are the only ones that I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I'm genuine, like, I think to Colin's point of like, no chemistry, quote unquote, is just related to, like, the 
manners of the era, which is like in any Austin book, in any Bronte book, it's all like I can't tell you my feelings. But Jane Austen was like a hundred years older than Charlotte Bronte. Really? I just looked it up. Yeah, she was born in seventeen seventy-five. Weird, Weird especially because a- I know that they were in a bridge club together. I know that they played bridge. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted again. I just was. I wanted to know. No, yeah, that's good, and that's good to know too. Um, and I think this definitely shows the evolution of that then, because it's not as, like, the point of the story is how coy everyone's being with each other, and everyone's like, oh, I quite like you. I mustn't talk to you, Mr. Rutherford. Like, that is not (laughs) the central focus of the movie, and so what I appreciated about it was that we get a real sense of, like, how fucking awful Jane Eyre's life has been. Mm Mm-hmm. So that by the time she gets this, which is just steady and easy, and for the first time not a fearsome life, then it becomes, well, what is the difficulty then? And it's that Rochester loves her. Um, And so I thought that was like a very uh, different and fun, not fun, but like more enjoyable thing to watch rather than just like, just date already. Just stop fucking being coy and date already, like in every other book. Can like I this. can I add two things to that? Yes. So this, I could easily be incorrect, but I'm, as far as I know, and I, st- I studied English literature. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I think this is one of the first times, like, because if you look at Jane Austen, it's all women in relation to men for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the first novel that's, like, just about a woman. Uh, hmm. And is written by a woman as well. Uh, <clears throat> f- fun fact. I didn't know if you knew. Huge. Huge if true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sources have come back. It's true. It turns oh out God. it is true. It's, it's big, we're, huge. We're just breaking news left and right on this episode. <laughs> uh, but then adding to what you were saying about like the coyness, uh, I don't know if it's like that it's gone on to be a feature of a lot of gothic romances, but this like witty little banter, which is like how they flirt, is... There's way more of it in the book, but if we looked at, like, that fireplace scene, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, mental chess, word chess, is very fun for me. But I understand that it's like, will they just fuck already? <laughs> no. To, and what I was saying guys. was that, like, <laughs> I think this movie does, or this movie and this story do a better job of explaining why she would be so at arm's length and suspicious of, like, kindness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is more interesting to watch than just like, I couldn't possibly as a lady of high society. And instead, like, I don't know if you're going to hurt me. And then, surprise, surprise, he does. <laughs> Even though he doesn't mean to, he hurts her. And, like, that weight is so much more uh, interesting to watch than just, like, rich people talking about who should be married to who. Um and it, while it has that, it has, like, more weight to why that's interesting. So that's my feelings on it. I really liked it. Yay! Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited to talk about it only because of, like, yes, there's very little that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought there was chemistry. I thought, like, the 
the field scene where she's leaving and he comes to run after her and she finally is like what is your deal like i gotta get out of here because you're gonna marry this other person and i don't trust you and i can't just like be here when you're married to somebody else and then they he's like you should uh, marry me and she's like don't fuck with me and he's like no truly i want you in in my marital bed and she's like you know what we're going to give J- Dame Judy Dunch a heart attack, but we're going to do this. We're going to make out right now. The, uh, that, I thought that was a very palpable chemistry scene. I, the so, line where he says there's an invisible string going from me to you, I was like, no! <laughs> the because first you, time I saw it. Because it's been like, so long. So, huh? Go ahead. Ex- finish, and then I have a, a joke that's going to land really well now. <laughs> <laughs> by the time I watched this movie it had been so long since I read the book that I'd forgotten about that line and I was like yeah. oh my heart oh I thought you were what saying were you that you, say, were, you were freaking out about that line because you realized that they stole it from a Taylor Swift song that came out earlier this year <laughs> did she really yeah she wrote a song on her new album Folklore called Invisible String <laughs> It might be about Jane Eyre, though, so maybe you should listen to it. Yeah. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Taylor Swift's got a new album. Taylor Swift <laughs> surprise released a new album four months ago. <laughs> I'm going to look up the lyrics. Um, it starts with Jane Eyre, Jane Eyre, will you be my Rochester Jane Eyre? I wrote a song about, how, about I this. I just read it to you, didn't I? It's funny as hell. Um, uh, anyway, I just love to talk di- about this book and this movie, so I'm just so excited. I'll let's stop dive in. interrupting. <laughs> I so part of my issue is that, like Matt, I'm not. I'm just generally not a big fan of. Like, it's not that I dislike period pieces. I just am not generally a fan of this particular period. Um, like, there are very few. I like the. Uh, the new Emma that came out earlier this year was like fine-ish, but I was like, yeah, I'd still rather watch Clueless. Like, um, that's because Jane Austen, right? Which like <laughs> Little Women was great. We don't need to relitigate <laughs> Jane. Hey, Little Women was good. I did like that one, but I, I also like that's like an American story, and I don't necessarily know like how well that translates to like European mid 1800s well they uh, let britain and and america speak english thank you yeah wait what so it translates <laughs> the actual translation is very easy instead of governor you say matey matey yeah that's the american word <laughs> <laughs> we're just de- we're descended from a long line of proud pirates in america i thought you meant like maid like the woman who like works oh. around your house but just with a y at the end <laughs> I was no like, what matey the with a t are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> but no in, in terms of this particular movie i just like it i did not at all believe that this was a love story like at, at, like at, even when fassbender was like i love you i was like do you <laughs> like what about what we've seen so far gives me any inclination that you guys actually, or you actually have feelings for her. I think it's fair that she's, like you said, Matt, like she's apprehensive about the whole situation. And like, that's fine. But like, when he's just like, no, I want to marry you. I was like, 
what? Where the fuck did this come from? Other than clearly, like, this was in the story, right? Like, it just felt like Fassbender was just saying it because the script told him to and not, like, any amount of, like, oh, I actually do care about you. Um, Here, I got some <laughs> comments on that because I think that was the only thing that I was wishing there was more of is, like, time to watch. I mean, Beauty and the Beast, we get a lot of time to be with both of them in terms of both of them being like, I don't really know who you are mm-hmm. and learning to love each other. And in this one, it feels like they rushed a little bit to him being like, I knew as soon as you threw me off my horse that I was totally enraptured by you, which from her perspective and being in her perspective in the movie, I was like, don't trust him. He don't lie to you. He's going to hurt you. This guy does not have your best intentions in mind. <laughs> and so a lot of his, declarations of love i was like "Mm -mm, mm -mm, he's got another thing up his sleeve i think the ending proves a lot of the previous stuff that i was so suspicious of and so for that reason i was like okay good because i i mean we could skip to the end this is an old ass book so if you're worried about spoilers (laughs) get the fuck out but (laughs) like when you get to the burnt out thornhill or thorn is it thornfield thornhill Thornfield. Thornfield Hall. Mm-hmm. When you see it's burned out and she, and Judy Dench is like, you know, he just stood there and like the fires consumed him, I think she says. Or like as if the fire, she didn't care that the fires were consuming him. I was like, did he fucking die? Because I'm going to be pissed if he died. And he doesn't. And so I was like, okay, I think this all comes together in a way of like, he recognizes her even though he's blind and it shows that he really does love her. Um, but I think it would have been nice to get a little more time to show his hard heart softening because of something she did mm-hmm. rather than just her being around. Um, that, the, I think, is my only thing. Okay, In the so, book, it's primarily like through fireside chats and then mm-hmm. the fact that he saved her, her, she saved him from being burned alive. Um and then, like, helped when Mr. Mason was stabbed. But I also agree because the best parts of Jane Eyre are when she's at Thornfield Hall. And the, like, other times when she goes to, I think it's John R- Sir John Rivers or something. They call mm, him Saint Sinjin. John. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's it. St. John Rivers. Uh, I was always like, God, these people are so boring. <laughs> 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 but it's, like, her trying to, like like correct course because she's like been told she's too passionate her whole life and so she's like mm-hmm. i will be a nun and live in a house so far away from everyone else oh but yeah. when she opens the door and she thinks it's it's mr rochester yeah heartbreaking so like by the end i was on board i just felt like there was no setup and i think so here's what i was going to say earlier um Yes, I have not read the novel, and yes, what I'm about to say, I understand, is is ridiculous. But I did go and read the Wikipedia summary of the novel's plot, um, in like in addition to like reading the Wikipedia summary of this movie, just to like kind of like see if I could compare a little bit. Um, and based on how they describe the book, I do think I would like the book a lot better in terms of the story. Like, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Tierney. I will not read that book. (laughs) 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 Like, I just, I gotta be me. (laughs) 
And I'm like, there's no fucking way in hell I am ever going to read that book. And it's not a personal attack on you. It's just like, I I know know who I am and I am not going to do that. But the way that they, the way that Wikipedia describes the book and the way that Wikipedia describes like the events that happen all make way more sense to me than how they were presented in the movie. Like it really did. Like, I don't know. How long is that book? Probably like three to four hundred. Forty pages. Forty pages. Forty. Because I I just I feel like the movie, while it is very slow moving, um, I feel like the movie just cuts out so much stuff that, like, as I'm reading the plot summary of the novel, I was just like, oh yeah, I think a lot of this stuff here, which. I understand why they cut it for the movie, but I think a lot of that stuff there would have gotten me on board way earlier. Because by the movie, mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't believe that you love each other because, like, you just said it all of a sudden. And I was like, okay, where did this come from? And then when she was like, I love you too, I was like, but seriously, where did this come from? <laughs> and then, like, when she's at the River's house and the door opens and she does have that fantasy, I was like, okay, I guess this is real. I still don't fully like agree with how we got here, but I guess like I'm on board now. And like the ending is really sweet and beautiful. Um, But like I said, I think it is sad Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But I think, like I said, I think that if there was like a two and a half hour version of this movie, I don't know if I would have enjoyed the experience of watching a two and a half hour version of this movie because it already was very slow and I was very tired last night, which is definitely more on me than anything else. But They should make a miniseries. I was going to say, I do think like mm-hmm. a four episode miniseries. I guess there was that BBC one from earlier in the 2000s. I don't, I've never clearly watched it, but. Um, I'm not familiar with this. I'm pretty sure there is I, one. It, it came up when I searched on my Roku. I will say, though, because I texted you guys after I watched it and said, I feel like you guys are going to hate this. And I think that a lot of it is because watching it, I was like, this might not make sense if you haven't read the book. Yeah. And so I was like, and I know it's already like not a favorite genre. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I will say I didn't hate it's this It's going to be like Nashville all over. <laughs> No, not Nothing at all. could be as bad as Nashville. Also, sidebar, <laughs> um, you guys have both met Joel, uh, one of my really good friends from back home. He is uh, one of our most ardent listeners. So, you know, Joel, I'm sure you're listening to this one. Bless you for that. But he watched Nashville a couple weeks ago and was like texting Matt and I about it. And I think he really liked it. And I was like, how though? I don't understand. Yeah. He's, like, <clears throat> he's like, I acknowledge everything you said and my reaction to those things is and it was pretty good (laughs) everything we said he reacted to the opposite way i was just like but acknowledged that they existed i was like i don't how could anyone watch that movie and not want to like drive a screwdriver such a bummer too because i still haven't seen the player (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i some thoughts about jane Eyre that i've got oh yeah hit us what one and this will be a quick one we all love Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. When you saw Phantom Thread, you said it was a gothic romance. I agree. And I think, especially when you look at Jane Eyre and Phantom Thread side by side, you're like, oh yeah, this is the same kind of story. 
I think the joy in Phantom Thread, and I think you agree with this, Tierney, comes from how much she pushes back mm-hmm. and how much she plays the games and looks like she's having fun playing them. And I think, and maybe it's how, you know, demure women had to be in this era, or maybe it's Maya Vasakowski just I like think it's that. kind of book, devoid. She, yeah. yeah. That, like, in those scenes, she's so restrained and so unwavering in how unmoved she is by things that you're kind of like, are you into this? (laughs) Or are you, like, is this just you being really protective? I think especially by the fireside conversation, he's so, like, slouched and, like, coy and trying to get a rise out of her like you can tell that he's being playful in that scene like in 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 a way that he's not really in most other scenes that are like their quote-unquote courtship right like it's that particular fireside sequence you can tell that he's like trying to be a little fun and i mean like fun like that's (laughs) you know loose definition of that word here but um anyway sorry i cut you off No, but I think, and I think that's some of what diminishes the, uh, like how much romance these two are having, or how much chemistry the actors are having, and I think more scenes of those fireside chats that were in the book, and more moments of expression from Maya Vasakowski of just showing that she's starting to come around on this idea. Besides, like every time that it happened, he would be like, "I want to kiss you right now," and she'd be like we mustn't and then runs to a room and then looks like it could happen i could have a nice life and it was like well i mean you could also we could do scenes in this movie where like you let some of that on when you're with him so that we feel like it's building to something Mm -hmm. i'd say that was my problem with the chemistry i do think in the end it was like it's still a great romance and i think the passion of that field uh proposal uh still comes through uh, and my other point was that I think the editing of the timelines really didn't do this story service mm-hmm. because I couldn't keep track of what the fuck, where she was yeah. <clears throat> after she got out of the school. Because by starting it with her running away and meeting uh, the Sinjin. Sinjin uh, quick sidebar. So I had the closed captioned on last night for whatever reason. <clears throat> and um, then when I was reading the plot summaries his his character name is saint john yeah, yeah. sinjin i i hate that <laughs> I was, i'm not a fan either it's also Just billy elliot sidebar i, watched it. I know it's yeah it's like, jamie, jamie bell. bell yeah i was like blessed jamie bell i want to watch billy elliot again yeah i <laughs> and yeah, then sally of... hawkins came on and i was like mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to watch paddington <laughs> and the kid from <laughs> and the kid from submarine huh I haven't seen Submarine, but it's that other kid who's been in things too. Who is the uh, oh, her cousin? French girl. No, the cousin who's an asshole with the sword. Oh, <laughs> by the way, like John Rage, whatever. Oh yeah. When he was running around with that sword, I was like, "Is he gonna stab her? Like, what the fuck is he doing with this sword?" And like, I mean, he doesn't, but definitely seems like he's he was gonna. going to. <laughs> yeah. Jane Eyre starts with her dying, and she's the ghost. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I, I like what you were saying because I was going to talk about that too. So go back to the yeah. editing and the, like the timeline. 
I think the moment that really, really genuinely threw me off until the scene where she's running from uh, Thornfield, and I was like, okay, wait, was her saying goodbye to the other girls at the school Mm -hmm. and, like, looking at the nun and being like, goodbye, and leaving, and then getting the job as the governess, because the scene that preceded that was Jamie Bell saying, like, I got you a job at a cottage school to take care of these girls. And and he was like, it's not very, it's not very important, but, like, it's something. And she's like, thank you so much. So then her placement as a teacher for a girl who is described by everyone around them as, like, not very bright. And that, like, how cold and, like, empty the house is and how quiet it is. I thought that was the thing that he placed her in and so getting it all readjusted later when she runs and meets the family and gets nursed back to health i was like oh i've been misreading when this happened and who she was at that point Mm -hmm. um because i was like it would make sense that she like ran i thought she ran away from the school because it was so terrible got sick was nursed back to health went back to say goodbye now that she had a job, went to the job, and then met Mr. Rochester. It's a very different was, story. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, but because of the way it was edited and because Maya Vasakowski is the one who is in the scene saying goodbye to the kids at school, mm-hmm. and because of how it was edited after that other scene, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. I don't uh, know why they didn't just make it linear. So, I don't either. I think, I, I don't have an answer to that question, but I, I was going to say, I think the um, in theory, the way that they condensed the earlier part of her life, I think works really well. Cause like, I don't know how much mm-hmm. of a segment that like the book is, um, <clears throat> like Wikipedia divided it into the, the novel into like five sections. So there's like, before she goes, to the, <clears throat> excuse me, before she goes to the school when she's a child is like the first section. And then the second section is when she's at the school as a child. And then the third section is Thornfield. The fourth section is at the river's house. And then the fifth section is just like the conclusion. Um, So I don't know how big of a chunk in terms of like novel pages, the first two sections are, but I feel like if they're going to try and take a full novel and turn it into a two hour movie, the way they did that was really well done. Like I thought like the sequence where she was like a child at the Reed house like was just long enough that we understood what we needed to understand and the stuff at mm-hmm. the at the school was just long enough that we understood what we needed to understand um but I do agree that the way that they like intercut those was like really confusing um for no good reason yeah cuz like if you think about if we go back to little women for just a second uh, the way greta told her version as opposed to the 1994 version and the novel itself like greta did the the alternating timelines but it actually mm-hmm. like worked well for the story like it made sense like and it made the emotional payoffs towards the end actually like pay, like hit a lot harder um, which i really appreciated so like I'm obviously cool with a nonlinear structure if there's a good reason for it, but it did not seem like there was a good reason here. And Mm -hmm. it ended up like, in addition to just not being a good reason, it just like made it needlessly confusing for quite a while. (laughs) I was like, okay. 
I think that's I think that's fair. I don't know why they did it. Yeah, and that's where like not having read the book, it's completely disorienting, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. that transition of teaching to teaching is not a good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I think that if they if they would have just done like the cross cutting for just the first two parts, like where she's like a mm-hmm. kid there and when she's like at the school and like maybe built out the school section a little bit more, like after her friend dies, you know, then she can start kind of thinking, you know, like if, if they would have just done that, I think it would have been okay. Um, and I think yeah. it would have just been like all of like the preamble stuff. We're just going to kind of do an interesting way of getting that out of the way up front. And I think that would have worked out pretty well. And then everything else from there on out could have been linear. Um, but the fact that it, like, it started with her at the end of her relationship with Rochester and then cut back to all this other shit, it was just like, why are we doing this? Like, why did we go all the way forward and all the way back? But, yeah. And I, it probably would have made the payoff bigger, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of the ending. I think it also, like... Uh, I think that kind of choice of starting with, like, her running away and being nursed back to health and then being, like, what's your story? Is, like, a not not trusting that the material could be interesting and exciting enough to start where it starts in the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, like, well, we gotta, like, start with something that's, like, intriguing and that, like, makes you question what you've seen already. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, you don't really need that for this story. Especially if we got... I think the weight of her meeting... Um, Mr. Sinjin uh, would be better if we get hard life, hard life. Maybe it's a good thing. Nope, it's still hard. So she runs away and almost dies. And then this family takes over. And then you start to think like, oh, maybe this is the guy that she could be. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe after all this story, it's not the guy who's got complications. But maybe it's this like very well-meaning the brooding asshole in some ways (laughs) yeah but then and then but the weight of him being like and then we'll be married and her being like nah i don't think i want that is a lot better and more aligned with her running back Mm -hmm. to be like even though this is the easy thing i don't want this man i want my rochester Mm -hmm. And then for her to go back. So I think the editing also kind of takes away us meeting this family that could be a ray of hope at the end of such a, a hard life. Mm-hmm. And instead makes it a framing device, which is, like, not as interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. But Also, yeah. like, if you took the opening scene, we don't have a background. Like, if you never read the story, you don't have a background to latch on to her emotions versus yeah. watching her run away after just being like basically abandoned at the altar or not abandoned, mm-hmm. but like prevented from being married, finding out he is married and that his wife is the one that tried to burn him alive and stabbed her brother, like, and then have her run away from that, I think will be way more like powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have like her temperance, <clears throat> temperance life and then you're like but you're killing yourself jane and then she's like i am and then she runs yeah. back and she's like rochester yeah i and i think it really does come down to editing um and i think <clears throat> the stuff at the girls school uh could have been amplified or like given more a, a quicker montage showing just how awful the life was mm-hmm. at this place i mean mm-hmm. we get a pretty good understanding of it already um but like 
the the thing that I noted too was that the things that those uh, flashbacks, those two periods of her life, establish that are important for her time at Thornfield are her fear of ghosts and her commitment to loyalty, even in the face of condemnation, which like Rochester specifically calls out mm-hmm. <clears throat> when talking I would to her. Also, add to that uh, that her emotions are something that are bad for her because Mm -hmm. yeah like any sort of extreme emotion like anger or uh love in the case of like her friend are all met with punishment yeah that's a good point yeah that's a yeah and that's pretty clear in the rochester portion of where she's so restrained and so I thought those were really good because it established this, like, something is living in this house and it might be a ghost <laughs> and you should be careful. And even though this isn't the way uh, that people want you to do it, maybe you should do it anyway because this is what's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are validated in her love story with Rochester, which was, like, cool that they were framed in that way. That, again, these things from her past and this ch- this very tough life have now come together in this moment of like, there might be a ghost and it might be the wife of the person you love, (laughs) but it's not a ghost. She's alive and she's lighting people on fire and stabbing them. Uh, But yeah, I thought that was really cool. One other thing that like, there's no way to translate this to a movie, which is why I don't think it's like a real criticism is like, integral part of these types of stories are the actual house so even if you look at phantom thread that house is a character within that story Mm -hmm. i would say Mm -hmm. and that movie does it really well but this one you like don't really get a sense of like the magic of the house yeah Yeah. well yeah i I think that's kind of a problem with the entire movie is like the, just the setting is not like not like <laughs> i just did you're good i just like that the did, phrasing that did sound way harsher than i wanted it to um <laughs> but just like i think it's really hard to get a sense of place at any point throughout the entire movie cuz mm-hmm. like so she's like running away from rochester like like i mean she can't run that far, right? Like, so it's, like, so, like, the house that she gets to, like, is it? Like, it's, I mean, there's a lot of nothing in every direction. So, like, can she still see Thornfield where she's, like, at the River's house? Like, what, I, I it's, it's so weird to me to think about, like, I, I just, I feel like there's no strong sense of place throughout the entire movie. And even, like, on the, the grounds of Thornfield, it's not, like, super clear. You know, like, when she first meets him, she's just, like, walking into the woods which is not that far away from the house apparently but then there's like mm-hmm. the bridge that's pretty significant later and i'm just like where are all these things happening <laughs> like i just i don't have like a good understanding of like the geography here um which again isn't necessarily a problem um like for a movie to not have that but like you were saying Tierney, if, if like if the house isn't like if we don't get a lot from the house and we also don't get a lot from anything else, it's just kind of like we're, I feel like we're, we lost some of like the stuff that grounds us in this story. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Whereas you know where every room is in Phantom Thread. What? 
<laughs> I put in the chat. There was just a noise that was driving me crazy, and I don't know if it's going to be on the rec- recording, but <laughs> someone was clattering some some. It just sounded like a typewriter, and I was going to lose my mind. Anyway, I think unsure. my last my last note here. Uh, oh, there are two lines. Okay, there are two lines, and then a third thing. Did you guys see that lamp on in the hallway? <laughs> like everything else is candles, no. but then there's just a lamp on. <laughs> I thought that was I really know. funny. I did not see that, but that's hilarious. <laughs> there was this like ornate orb on a pedestal kind of lamp that might have been gas it might have been like oh yeah maybe thing. but it looks like the one i have in my room but like the old timey version but it has like the same type of opening and lamp globe and i was like oh look at that my house is thornfield <laughs> my wife that. is in the attic <laughs> uh i just wanted to share two of my favorite quotes from this is when he's playing piano and then <laughs> then yells and he goes outside and just starts shooting his gun. <laughs> Dave, Dave Judy Dench goes, he's very abrupt and changeful. <laughs> I, I actually laughed out loud at that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then when he gives uh, Adele the dress, he says, take it away and disembowel it. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> Those are the last uh, of my notes. What else do you guys have? I just wrote the first kiss and the reveal, which are like, I mean, we've already talked about that. Um, but I did think the first kiss was very romantic. And how happy she was that, like, okay, I think this is for real. And even when they kiss inside. And I keep wanting to say Angela Lansbury, but it is Dame Judy Dench. Show some fucking respect. <laughs> when Angela Lansbury sees them from the landing and is like, what? And she just looks up like, yeah, we're doing it now. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, uh, oh, Helen, I thought was an interesting character that I wanted to spend more time with, and we didn't get to spend almost any time with her before she died, <laughs> which is a bummer. I would have loved to see more bread exchanges or more defense of her, their friendship, more more moments of their time together mm-hmm. before it was like, I looked at you in class, I got whipped, you have to stand on a chair, I gave you bread, now I'm dead. Like... <laughs> So that's all we get. Yeah, I think going back to what I said earlier, I think there are just a few things that could have been fleshed out a little bit more that I think would have made the, this adaptation a little bit stronger. Um, but to what you were just saying, Matt, <laughs> watching that scene where she's dying <laughs> is like a real trip in COVID times. Because like even before <laughs> COVID, I would have been like, girl, don't get in that bed with her. <laughs> And if yeah. you don't get in that oh. bed with her, definitely don't face her and get that close to her. Uh, so, like, that would have been, I like, again, even before COVID, I would have been like, what the fuck? And uh, watching it in the middle of a literal pandemic, I was like, okay, actually, what the fuck is she doing? Like, I know she doesn't die, but how does she not die? She's, like, basically breathing, like three inches away from this woman who is dying of tuberculosis. Like, there's no fucking way that she does not contract that disease. I don't believe this at all. 
I felt the exact same way. Her Doesn't mouth she open. Cough in her face yeah. too. Like, yeah, she's like with her mouth open. Yeah, she's like <laughs> coughing <laughs> while they're like cuddling up next to each other. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? She coughs the way four year olds cough in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Close your mouth. But also, can Do you, you know when else people should close their mouths? When they burp. But Matt. not if there's a gust of wind that could take that burp and put it in your roommate's mouth so that she can taste your dinner. Because that's just nice. That's sharing. One time I one time I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Probably. One time I burped and the wind took it and put it directly in. And placed it gently just, into Tierney's mouth so and onto her taste buds. So thoughtful of the wind to have done that. I haven't had Italian food since then. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that you didn't get uh, secondhand glutening Gluten. from that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a so loud good. one. And it reeked. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> um, oh. I will say... Uh, we talked about this a little bit already, but um, it was fun seeing. So, like, I knew that Mia Wasikowska was the lead, was Jane, and I knew that um, Michael Fassbender was the, um, like, the romantic interest, but I didn't know anything else. So, like, it was cool. I was like, oh, hey, look, it's Jamie Bell. Oh, shit, it's Sally Hawkins. And then mm-hmm. when uh, Dame Judi Dench popped up, I was like, oh, but she's missing all of her cat fur and she's not breaking the fourth wall. What's happening? <laughs> So, so that was a little bit of a bummer for me personally. But. My thought when Judy Dench popped up was every British movie has every British actor in it. That was the first thought I had. Cause it, and they're all produced by the BBC. So it seems like they have a contract with every British actor where they're like, you do eight movies with us a year. Uh, we'll tell you what they are, but you must be in these films. Because it genuinely seems like uh, all British actors are in the same movies together. Like, even Sally Hawkins being in this, I was like, how did you get in there? <laughs> like, how was everyone in this movie at the same time? You couldn't buy, you couldn't hire any non-actors? Britain is only so big. But also, Michael Fassbender is not British. Yeah. I know, but he, that's, he's not in a lot of them. Judy Dench and Sally Hawkins and... Jamie Bell's not in a lot of them. I think maybe he is. I don't think that's you, true. You, like, didn't act for <laughs> ages after Billy Elliot. What? He was in Jumper. Matt, Starring Hayden Christensen. You're the only person who's seen Jumper. Because or heard Jamie, Bell's, Jamie Bell's been in stuff. He has been in stuff. But he's not Frequently. in every BBC British movie. Oh, whatever. But also, Billy Elliot is such a fun movie, and I did not expect... I just watched it for the first time last fall. <laughs> it's been on my list for ages. And I just love watching him dance. And then I wasn't expecting to sob at the end. Yeah. I haven't seen Billy Elliot. But I know oh. it's about a little gay boy, right? Jesus. His friend is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but he's that... gay because he likes dancing, right? Yes. That's no. the point of the movie yes, is the that whole... he likes dancing and then thus he's gay. Yes. If you like dancing, you are gay. That's how those are the rules. That's how it's always been. Yeah, and that's and the that's name of the, the movie is is Billy of uh, Billy Elliot. Yeah, the name of the movie is Billy Elliot colon a gay. <laughs> <laughs>
At least that's my understanding <laughs> from what I've seen. I was gonna say, is it gay? It's canon? like Billy Elliot <laughs> colon a musical. <laughs> <laughs> so the musical is Billy Elliot colon a gay colon a musical. <laughs> or yeah, there's two musical. colons in it. <laughs> Much like the human body. (laughs) Everyone's got two. So you can trade one away if you need to. Just trade it. Oh, I actually don't need this right now. Do you want to borrow it for a second? I'll give you you my colon for a long... Roll it up, throw it to them. Um, I wasn't expecting that comment to be met with complete silence. Your video cut out in the craziest way. So <laughs> yeah. it, what we heard was... <laughs> and then you laughed and ran away. Because what I said... You guys said you just... If someone needs a goal and you take it out and give it to them. And I said you just pull it out of your body, roll it up and throw it to them. And you guys both just looked at like, what the fuck? How dare you? So I just that sit we could with that, that for like five seconds. You sit and you think about what you've done. <laughs> um, um, Jane Eyre. What? What's there to say about Jane Eyre? Oh, I just yeah. I think the portrayal of this like deeply abused and tortured woman. Who's like, nah, a happy ending couldn't possibly be in the works for me. Is like a very um, heartbreaking movie to watch, uh, which I thought they did really well. Mm-hmm. Of just like, yeah, her stripping out of the wedding dress oh, that was brutal. Was like, fuck. Like you can feel that. I thought that performance. Uh, also, I'm gonna. I'm always, always gonna mispronounce her last name. You hundred percent are. <laughs> Maya Vasafoski uh, <laughs> did that performance of her absorbing the information that, like, Rochester's married on the day they're supposed to be married. Like, already it was, like, a weird ceremony where he, like, ran away with her instead of giving her, like, the nice carriage <clears throat> ride that she deserved. All of that is already so, like, oh, no, this is going to go so badly. That when she finds out all the information and strips out of that wedding dress, it is like, damn, you can't catch a break. Like, even now, the happy ending couldn't just be a happy ending. Uh, and all, okay, but then, and then now that we're talking about the ending, she goes back to Thornfield. He's blind from the fire. And in the book, I guess he also loses a hand, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. didn't do that in the movie, I don't think. He had both mm-hmm. of his hands. Um, and then. It, in the book, apparently, he gets his eyesight back. He gets one of his... He gets vision out of one of his eyes. And gets to see their child be born, mm-hmm. which is a very happy ending, and they did not include that in the movie. Unless it was the post credit sequence, and I didn't watch enough. I, that yeah, wasn't. I, I don't think it was in the movie. <laughs> this, this movie doesn't strike me as the post credits stinger type. It's a boy! And then he runs in and he's like, I can see it with my one eye. And then they, they cut the movie. I do wonder if that was like a, if they were nodding to that. Because I think like right at the very end, the camera focuses on 
Michael Fassbender's face, but, like, you really, like, you just see one eye. Just kind of, like, the way he's holding her, it's, like, one of his eyes is kind of blocked. So I do wonder if that's, that was just, like, a little nod to people who have read the book. But. Yeah. Beautiful final shot. A gorgeous final shot of uh, them holding each other. And I thought the shot of them kissing uh in the in the field was also beautifully shot mm-hmm. it's so romantic and just like the wind blowing <coughs> the trees as they like hold each other it looks like perfectly of that era of a gothic romance yeah there but were... also like i'd want to do that on a saturday yeah oh yeah um one of the shots that i really liked was it was like I can't remember exactly like what the context was, but like she was it was a nighttime shot and she was standing in her like doorway or something and like I think she was talking to Fat Fastbender and he like walked away and like you could tell like the way that shot was lit where she was like you could see her face in candle <laughs> that shot was lit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you could just see her face in the candlelight and as you, like, you, like, the camera doesn't show him walking away, but just the fact that it stays on her as the light goes away and it's, like, mostly a silhouette, but you can, there's still enough, like, ambient light around that you can kind of make out some of her features. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, Yeah, I remember that shot, too. It's, like, a slice of blue light just around the edge of her head. It's, yeah, that lighting was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I will say, I thought, uh, so Kerry Joji Fukunaga directed this, um, so that's the second week in a row we've had a true detective connection, um, <clears throat> but he was originally supposed to direct the <clears throat> It movies, mm. um, and so I thought that that was fun, when, like, when she gets, like, when the weird shit, like, <clears throat> that we find out is Rochester's wife, like, when we, but, like, when the weird shit starts happening, I was like, ooh, this is kind of creppy and a little spoopy, and it's fun that, mm-hmm. uh, that, like, you can kind of It's the see- perfect <clears throat> amount of spoop for me. It's a, it's a very good <laughs> amount of spoop, I would agree. And because it's false spoop, because then you find out it's not a ghost. Yeah, but then you find out that there's, like, a murder living in the attic. Just, like, an actual <laughs> insane person. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty crappy. She's not a ghost. The spoop in Rebecca is like, you don't really know which is worse. Um, Also, just, you were in the middle of talking. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, I thought that that was like, because I I don't necessarily think of Kerry Fukunaga as, like, I would have been a little shocked had he directed. Like, I don't, I'm not super familiar with his work by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, I remember when it was announced that he was going to be doing the the It adaptation, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, the dude who directed a period piece in, like, Victorian England is going to be directing a Stephen King adaptation. Um, but I did think it was, like, you could kind of see there were, there were elements of this movie that were, like, you know, towing the line of, like, a horror, um, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah, her pressing her hands against the tapestry when the wind is blowing it and she's like what the fuck yeah i was like oh it was also Yeep. like really gross when the um the camera zoomed in on mr mason's like stab wound i was like ooh. i mean like <laughs> yes but ew <laughs> i wanted more i wanted more spooky moments like the ghost whispering in her ear like rochester eat rochester or something like that Eat Rochester? 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is I just looked up Mia Wasikowska. Did I do it right? I say mm. Mia, Matt says Maya. Neither of us is totally sure on either one, but it definitely ends in an A. Oh, wait. So it's oh, not... wait, wait. There's a pronunciation. Vashikovska. Vashikovska. Anyway. Is she... She's Australian. I, I was going to say, I know, she, I know she's Australian. I'm but is older she... than her. Oh, yeah, she's a child. I mean, how how old is she's she? She's 30. She's 30. She turns 31 at the end of the month. She's been in so many things. And here's my take. I think she's fine. I was going to say, <laughs> at one point, I was like, are we sure she's good? Because apparently she got a lot of, I don't remember this from 2011, but apparently she got a lot of like praise for the, her role, like her performance in this movie. And I was like... I don't feel like that was deserved. <laughs> and I I mostly think that she's boring in everything I've seen her in. <laughs> well, I looked her up because ever since Matt mentioned Alma, you guys are talking about these facial expressions, but I'm just seeing Alma do all of Jane Eyre. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, what does she actually look like again? <laughs> and that's what I found. Like, the dinner scene with the asparagus in Phantom Thread is on par with what with the energy of the field proposal scene, mm-hmm. except that the field proposal scene ends with the proposal, and the asparagus ends with almost a breakup. But <laughs> can I just that, say that all of these things are like kind of fucked up, but to me they're like the most beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> With all your money and your clothes <laughs> and your asparagus. Sorry, I interrupted again. <clears throat> No, no, no. Uh, never apologize for interrupting a man, Tierney. We we deserve to shut the fuck up. Alternatively, always apologize and probably just don't speak when you're near a man because their opinions are more valid than yours. It's it's science. Oh, <laughs> I felt Men bad don't saying that. In, science. <laughs> uh, in case it's not abundantly clear, the, the position of this podcast is very pro-women. <laughs> yeah. That was satire. You're welcome. That was a lesson in satire. Now you all know. Um, but no, I think, like, I, I do think that energy of... And, and maybe that's what makes Phantom Thread, even though that's not the movie we're talking about, but that's what makes it so delicious of a romance is that she gives as good as she gets and like maybe better and doesn't give a fuck (laughs) like by the end is just like i don't care what you think i'm in control here i am going to poison you (laughs) and he's like and he's like like i'm gonna like it (laughs) (laughs) and that's i think what's so fun about phantom thread that like with jane Eyre. Obviously, they're not going to take risks like that in a story from this long ago. And that really wasn't the type of story that they were trying to tell. But, like, the give as good as you get, I think, could have been better in those fireside chats of where you really see her twist his words to try to stay one up. That's more in the book than in the movie. Mm Because it is in the book. And even if you look at the ending in terms of giving as good as you get, she just got a fuck ton of money. Yeah. So she's yeah. now worth more than him because his house burned to the to the ground, and like he had to take a fall from grace in order to like finally be matched with her. 
and lose a hand and his eyesight. And yeah. so it's like, she came out on top in this one. Well, quite, okay, here's a question I have about that money. So as soon as she gets it, she's like, I want to split it with you guys so that I can live with you because uh, I don't want to live alone anymore. Which is, all, for its own reasons, separate from the romantic plot line, very sad and very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And she's like, <clears throat> I genuinely don't care about this money. I'd prefer to have a family because I'm alone as fuck. And I mm-hmm. always have been. Uh, but then... Can you imagine? If she's, what if she... What if, <laughs> Everything, no. everything else about this movie is the exact same, except for that one line where she says, I'm alone as fuck. <laughs> I'm still picturing uh, Alma saying it. <laughs> I want to watch Phantom like, Thread. Oh, God, me too. Um, but so, so she... And that new Rebecca. Mm-hmm. When does that come out? Okay. I don't know. November. Matt's been trying to talk for like a minute. I <laughs> I actually, no, it's fine. We're, that was fine. That was, that fine. was why I asked when it came out. I was like, let's keep this going just a little bit longer. <laughs> My thing was, so if she split the money, is she rich? So um, according to Wikipedia, okay. 20,000 pounds at that time roughly translates to 1.8 million pounds <laughs> now. <laughs> What so the fuck? Even if she divides it <laughs> equally into four shares, she still uh, has like a significant uh, amount of money. And definitely more money than he has. <clears throat> what a Man. deus ex machina to be like, this <laughs> uncle does love you, uh, but I told him you were dead. And then for her to be like, Anki, I'm not dead. I'm actually alive. I'd love to talk to you. And then they're like, Okay, he also died, but <laughs> no, they were he left for a while. Yeah. I thought that's another. But they don't show that in the movie. <laughs> I was gonna say that's another thing that gets lost in this movie is just like what, how, what amount of time are we working with? Because like at one point he like Rochester goes away, and I think there's a line where it's like I haven't seen you in months. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's been maybe thirty seconds of screen time. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, they, that think, has to do with the editing. I think they were, like, they were both alive together for a while. I don't like that she obviously never like saw him, but I think that he knew that she was alive, and they were at least like in contact. And then when he died, he gave her all of his money. I would have loved to have his voice be like, "My dear girl, Jane." Oh, what an empire I've created! I hope to share it with you one day. But instead, it was just like one letter that he got a lie reply, one letter from her being like you misheard, and then the later is like and he died and he left you everything. And I would have loved to see more of that. That's all. I think that's all the notes I have for Jane Eyre. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Four is a five stone. Would I spend time on this movie set? Yeah, goddamn right. Yeah, I was to say I probably would. I actually probably would too. To spend time with Judy Dench and Fassbender and and uh, Maya's give or take, but uh, you know, did you guys hear that? Uh, Is that a dog? What would you get for a tat, Colin? Yeah, one of the Thornfield dog- Hall. One of the dogs is uh, dreaming and just like 
Not not, not like barking, but just making like really silent like woofing noises, and it's super adorable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what I would get for a tattoo because I I wasn't super jazzed on this movie. So I... you could get the little like uh, flower thing she puts in her hair. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or you can get uh, the stab wound on your I back. I think probably that. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, I want you to I just... I think we found, we found our taker. So here's, here's this, this still shot from a movie that's zoomed in on somebody's stab wound. And I think based on the camera angle, it's like approximately here. So if you could just do that on me... You want to just stab me? Take your shirt off at the beach and everyone's like, oh, oh, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, honestly, if, if you're a huge fan of this movie or book and also like tattoos, Thornfield would be a cool tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, did you? Yeah, she said that was yeah. the first thing she said. Pay attention. Come on. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I doubt this won anything, but I feel like if anything, it, it would have been nominated for like so cinematography. I, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. It was nominated for a single thing. Costume. Yep. <clears throat> That's it. That's what but they I do didn't for even, all period pieces. They didn't even yeah, care I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't even Did, feel like the costumes were that exceptional. I they also were. Agree that's with why you. I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think anything about this movie. This is going to sound significantly worse than I wanted to, but I, I don't was think. Was exceptional? Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, like I said, there are a lot of things that I do think were good about this movie. Like, I think the direction of this movie was very good. Um, I don't think that Kerry Fukunaga should have been nominated for Best Director by any means, but, like, I do think that the direction was good. I think the cinematography mm-hmm. was good as well, um, but I also don't think it was, like, holy shit. Amazing. Yeah, like, it, it was good, but it, I... At one point last, last night... Uh, I was just like, I wish that I was watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire instead. Because, <laughs> like... I thought of that, too, of when... Especially how it's framed of, like, we're ahead of time, and now we jump back to see the story. I never but saw it. we only it. do it once. Oh, oh T-Girl. Tierney, you have to see that movie. It is so good. When... What, what's I th- it about? I think it's on Hulu. Oh, God. I think it's actually a gothic romance, maybe. <gasps> it's like... Oh, my God. A painting teacher... Uh, she's just a painter. She gets hired to. She's a painter. Yeah, she gets hired to go oh, right. paint this woman's portrait, and and it has to be on fire. They have to light the portrait on fire. <laughs> oh, I remember when this was, like, when this was being. I saw a. a I saw a. Um, <laughs> trailer for it <laughs> when it was coming out in <laughs> and I remember being like oh that looks pretty good it is it's as good as you think it looks outstanding now 2020 has mostly sucked in terms of new releases so you know like grain of salt pour ce de la jeune fille en feu uh, perfect you got the pronunciation <laughs> this is the best movie that was released in 2020 yeah and it's not even particularly close 
again, granted this year has mostly been shit for movie releases. And technically, I think this movie counts as a 2019 release because it did. It does. It did get released in New York and L.A. last year for an Oscars run. But most, like, it was in theaters. It was literally in two theaters for one week at the end of last year. And then it opened wide nationally in 2020, in February. So, like, I'm calling it a 2020 release. And, again. Oh, it's in Brittany, too. It's it's a beautiful movie. So fucking good. I bet I could make my boyfriend watch this. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Well, it's beautiful. It's I cannot recommend that movie highly enough. But anyway, all, right, all, of, all, it. Of, all of that, and is, it's all about women. It's just women helping women. Um, all of that is. I to said say, I'd watch it. Like when I was watching this movie, I was like, "Yeah, the cinematography here is good, but it's not as good as Portrait of Lady on Fire," which I think is like has a lot of like similar shots and a lot of like similar kind of like vibes. Um, at least in terms of the cinematography, um, all of which is to say that like I'm not that mad that this movie didn't get nominated. Now, having said that, uh, here were the nominees for Best Cinematography that year. Hugo, which won. That the, was good. The Artist. <laughs> Remember when The Artist was a thing? Remember? <laughs> Remember that time in our lives when The Artist was a thing? <laughs> Uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, Tree of Life, and War Horse. So, like, probably... I would say, like, 30, 30% of the... No, sorry. Uh, 60% of those probably could have been nixed. I think it's probably fair. Yeah. Um, War Horse is so fucking boring. <laughs> yep. Boar Horse was the most boar horse. I didn't even see it, but the trailer looked so fucking boring. It's not not it's just, boring. It's a war movie, and like I've talked about war movies before. It's like this Sea Biscuit, especially. but a war movie. Yeah, the whole point is like, look at all this shit that the poor horse has gone through. And it's like, if you're not going to make the horse talk, I don't care. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what were you guys up to this week? I feel like that should be Matt's default rule in everything, even if horses aren't involved. It's just like, look, man, if the horse isn't going to talk, I'm fucking out. <laughs> like, Matt, what are we doing here if we're not going to have some horses talking? Matt, please. There's there's no horses here. What are you? What, what's going on? I'm out. <laughs> Kongskull Island is a disaster because there's no talking horses in it. All right. Oh, what boy. were you guys up to this week? Um, I rewatched almost all of David Fincher's movies, and guys, David Fincher fucking rules. I loved it. <laughs> I love David Fincher so much. <laughs> we don't need to, like, go too deep in the weeds here, because we've already done a David Fincher podcast, so, you know, my feelings on him are, are well known, but, uh, rewatching all of them. So, I was texting Matt about this, um... I've always wanted to do one of these where I like, I just binge an entire director's filmography uh, just like in one go. Um, But I've never actually done it until this, like last weekend, I literally watched five Fincher films and then proceeded to like finish out his filmography this week. And I'm watching Gone Girl tonight. Um, But anyway, it was like, it was really fun to like watch them all condense like that. And, uh, he fucking rules. I think he he might be my favorite director. 
which I know like is uh, a bold claim in, in these particular parts. <laughs> when Paul Thomas Anderson is a person who exists. But... I was going to say, I'll just take him off for myself and you can fuck off. Bye. But yeah, Fincher fucking rules. Um, I'm so, 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 so happy that we're getting a new Fincher movie this year. Um, if we're getting it this year, which I don't know. We'll see what happens. 2020 is bad. But also, as you as you heard here first about an hour ago... Donald Trump has COVID, so maybe maybe 2020 is starting to look up. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, then the only other thing I uh, did this week of note is um, I finished, so the Ted Lasso se- season finale uh, was on Friday, so I watched that, and I'm just, oh, that show's so pure and good, and like, a thing happens at the end of the season, of like the episode, that like is patently absurd like it is completely ridiculous but it was just so joyful that i just started crying because <laughs> i was just like oh, so happy um so yeah I, I i've said it before and i'll keep saying it everybody should watch that show especially in 2020 but i also genuinely think it's just like it's a it's a good show regardless but in this shithole of a year that we've had the, the 30 minutes of just, like, pure joy that I've gotten from that show on a weekly basis has been really, really blessed, so. But that's me. Yeah, that's me my f- this week. I've heard blessed. somebody recommend Ted, Ted Lasso, but I can't remember who. It definitely wasn't me. So I'm telling you now for yeah, the first time that you should be watching Ted Lasso. lasso you to tell you? It was a pretty low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah, it really was. I mean, <laughs> was, it, was it even fruit? Like, I feel like no. it was, like, just... Like, I don't know, something that died on the vine. Just Just snapped off a branch. Just like me. (laughs) (laughs) Died on the vine. (laughs) Withering heights. Yep. Mm, I watch all of Pen15. Both seasons? Uh, Are you in the club now? Yeah, I'm in the club of Pen15 now. (laughs) But truly, uh, an outstanding, hilarious show. I like rewound a part that I was crying and wheezing laughing at uh, and it's a I'll just say it's a timpani solo <laughs> and it's a, the first season I and love I was the timpani like, though it fucking blew my mind it was the funniest thing I've seen in years I like couldn't handle it just it was exactly my humor and it's so good is that uh, on Netflix Hulu. it's on Hulu all right, I'm gonna add both these things to my Hulu list while you talk. And uh, season two just right, came bye, out. <laughs> for those, I'm still here. Uh, I know, I know. I'm so, for, for those of uh, those of you who are listening, uh, which is everybody, <laughs> like if you're listening, you are one of the people who is listening. Um, mm-hmm. As literally half a second after Tierney said she was going to do this, she just cut her video. So it, just, it looked like she was just like, bye, I'm out. See you later. Negotiations are over. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but no, Pen15 season two came out like last week. Um, and it's only seven episodes, whereas the first season was ten. I think it was supposed um, to be longer. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be 14. So it's like part one. And it's just heartbreaking and incredibly funny. Like, 
both of them are so fucking funny. And since watching Pen15, we watched uh, uh, Plus One, which is the romantic comedy with Jack Quaid and Maya Erskine. Erskine? Erskine? Erskine. I, th- um, I think it's Erskine, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. She's the best one in that. Uh, Anna Conkle is also in that. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I started watching Man Seeking Woman, which is the Jay Baruchel uh, FXX comedy. Uh, and they're both also in that in, like, uh, like pretty big parts with lines. Uh, so it was like, oh, God, yeah, give me all of them as much as possible, especially if they can work in the same projects together even better. Um, so that was very good. Uh, we all, I also watched... Uh, the Jane Fonda documentary again. She's super dope. Love Jane Fonda. Uh, what else have I watched? I have to finish Raised by Wolves, but that just ended this week. Um, so I got uh, supposedly the season finale's abs- like crazy pants. So I'm very excited. Um, and I think that's basically it, Matt. Yeah, <clears throat> Tierney. I know that you you probably have some shit to get back to. And you haven't said what you're going to say yet, but I think we need to clear the floor and give Matt some time to speak on this new Fleet Foxes album. Holy God. <laughs> it's, I think, my favorite Fleet Foxes album of all of them. I and I love... I a new one. It, they dropped it uh, with one day's notice on the autumnal equinox. Yeah. So, like, uh, m- new albums usually come out on Fridays nowadays, uh, but they just announced on a Monday. They were like, we got a new album coming out tomorrow. And everybody's like, oh, oh shit? Okay. <laughs> and it's legit their best album yet, I think. In, in, in terms of what I look for in Fleet Fox's music, uh, this has the most consistently uh, just pleasurable to listen to songs of any of their albums. Uh, and it's all about where we all are right now but it never names it explicitly but like one of the lines is like uh sunday night uh long for ache for the sight of friends so it's just about like wanting to see the people you love and listening to the music that inspires you there's a whole song about all uh the musicians who have like died this year and last and how important their music is and how like you can just listen to that and enjoy their gift to all of us just beautiful tranquil uh made in the pacific northwest and new york music i just love it so much i've been listening to it on an endless loop just vibing just positively (laughs) vibing just vibing you know just Just vibing (laughs) and it's just so calming um but no truly couldn't recommend it more love the album so glad we got new fleet foxes and i'm Uh, i'm so glad we got new good fleet foxes because crack up sucks (laughs) it doesn't suck but it is very experimental crack up sucks this album rules. More of this, please, Robin. Thank you. It's it's true. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. What about you, Tierney, my darling? I haven't actually watched anything. Who do you think you are? What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was 
I did some reading in my book, uh, and then I've just been really busy. And then you've been building a van. Yeah, and then Tuesday night I watched that god awful debate. So I should have just watched a movie mm. instead. I I watched the Social Network on Tuesday. That was my. Uh, oh, like that was the fiction I'd rather movie watch I was the up debate. to. But I, I was like, which one is worse? <laughs> like, both of these things are miserable for America, but I don't know which is worse. <laughs> uh, Social Network is still a great movie. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all I was up to this week. Well, I guess then, I guess we could say then that uh, <laughs> oh if that's God. all that we have to say. That's all that uh, anyone has to say about these topics. Uh, I guess all that's left uh, would be... uh, I'm finished!